You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd when we talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 236, we're discussing the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer and Kang in the MCU. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Carlos. And I'm back. Back again. Sanjay's back. Tell a friend. As you promised, know, guys, there. Sonny is back in the nerd room. And guys, we are also joined this week by a very special guest. You'll know him from last week's listener question. You know him from the Tumbling Saber it's Kyle, our dude, back in the nerd room. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me back, guys. Always a pleasure to be here. Ah, oh, yeah, it is just great to have you on the podcast. The synergy with Tumbling Saber continues. You're filling the seat for our good dude Troy, who is absent this week, clearly absent from this week. We're not going to get to hear him say Mando. I did not do that justice, <laughs> but man, he has ever got a good Carl Weathers voice. But guys, we got a just a cooking episode for this week. We've got Mandalorian season two trailer dropped yesterday, and we are so excited to discuss it. Get into the details here. As we predicted, we've got that EW spread last week, and boom, we're hit with a trailer the following week. So very, very pumped to get into that. And we're also going to talk some MCU. It's been uh, it's been rather dry on the MCU news end, but we finally got a few things to talk about, and more specifically, Kang, the Conqueror. You know, potentially the next big bad in the MCU has been cast for Ant-Man 3, so we're going to dive deep into Kang this week and really discuss the implications for the MCU and also, you know, veer over into talking a bit of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, my most anticipated 2020 Disney Plus movie, whatever you want to call it, that isn't coming out in 2020, but these guys are finally back on set filming what is going to be my most anticipated 2021 event for next year in the film and TV space. But guys, I'm just, I'm so excited to have Kyle here. I'm so excited to get into this content that we can't wait any longer. We, we've got to jump into our weeks in nerd. Guys, it, it's been another crazy week for me, but I gotta I gotta throw it first to the guest. The man in the hot seat is gonna be Kyle for this go around. So Kyle, man, what's going on in your week in nerd for this week? To be honest, it's been a little quiet on my end. Uh, I've made a couple big pickups in 2020, the year of the pre-order. Um, I've, yeah. I've got some of the the 40th anniversary stuff rolling in recently, and last week I made a big score on the vintage collection stuff. Uh, seven figures came in, I think, and man, like the the crown of that collection that I've just picked up is the Anakin from Clone Wars, nice, and Kenobi in Clone Wars armor, oh, and it sweet. just man, the card art on those two figures is something else. I I, I live for that kind of thing, but for collecting, that's really it. What have I been watching? Again, not much, but I did jump back into the Watchmen, which oh I, nice, yeah. My wife and I we picked we started it. And mm-hmm. it, I liked it. I don't think she liked it quite as much, so we kind of let it go <laughs> for a while. Um, and last night, I'm like, you know what? I got to get back into that. So I think I was around episode three or four. So we got back into that. That's it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. And it was just like 
an old glove, putting it back on, getting right back into that storyline. Loving that. But otherwise, pretty quiet stuff. I know I got I got to hit my local comic book shop here. It's it's, it's new comic book day. I got to make a trek out to uh, my neighboring province and pick up my stack. It's been three or four weeks. And so I don't even know what he's got for me, but um, I think I think a long box will also be coming home with me that week. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've got I'm, I'm starting to get piles of stuff kind of, you know, stacking up here in, in my little nerd room. And uh, it's, it's getting a bit much. So I need to organize and I need to read. I need to get some reading done. Yeah, it's it's always the hardest thing. I find it's the, the last thing on my nerd list for the week and it should be the first thing on my nerd list for the week. And it it's always falls by the wayside. But it is exciting going to your local after a couple of weeks and seeing what sort of fat stack he's got for you. It's 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 not great when you go to the cash register and he says you owe me eighty bucks for it. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, once you start doing that math and it's like, Oh man, this Ooh, is gonna be bad. Do I it's, need gonna, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. Well then they it, all hurt these days. Yeah, and you gotta say, <laughs> Oh well, this is for four weeks, so divide that by four. I would have been spending <laughs> that's where the rationale yeah. I use in my head. But then I'm like, Oh, I gotta throw a figure in there. <laughs> Make I'm hoping to get. To, I'm, I'm hoping my second book of the Three Jokers series is in there because I want to start reading that. But I like to kind of pile up a couple of chapters first. But I'm, yeah. I'm dying to get into that. Dying to get into that, dude. So has, has part good. Two come out yet? Not yet. Not this week either. So ah. <laughs> uh, I've got that sweet, sweet Batgirl cover too. Oh, is that yeah, the one I... you went with? Yeah. Is the the heroes covers absolutely well no i got uh, the the 80s style joker for the first one with the with the stick of dynamite okay and gotcha. i've got i went with background i love babs i love me some batgirl so i went with her for part two and part three i don't know i'll probably just go with a straight up batman if i can very cool all those covers there's no losers in that whole bunch they're incredible uh, mm-hmm. jason fabok was killing it with those so super super enticing now kyle what, what about you know you're doing the vintage collection what about this uh, Millennium Falcon that's been showing up at Toys R Us already on discount? It was like a $400 thing or whatever it was. And apparently it's on clearance in Target in the States already, too, for $200 less than you'll see it in Galaxy's Edge and was the original price tag for it. Like, unbelievable price for that. Like, pushing every collector out of the door. It was originally, I think, supposed to come here for, I don't know, for, the U.S. original price tag was $499. I assumed it was going to be maybe five ninety nine here. Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, but it's already, I think, on the Toys R Us site, it's already knocked down to three ninety nine. But I've yet to see it in store. <laughs> I've yet to see it in store. Uh, I was at Toys R Us today, actually, and the the shelves were stocked, but it there was none of that Falcon. None of those were were there. So I don't know if only select locations will have it, or if it's just not made its way out east yet. But uh, man. I, I watched a couple of uh, YouTube videos on that thing. It's unbelievable. Oof. It's unbelievable. I mean, the price tag is out of this world. So I'm, the, I, well, I said on, on my last pod that if I, I've got a job interview coming up, if I get the job, splurge. I'm doing like I might splurge. Nice. Or if I, you know, if I get it. that call, if I get that call, done. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> it's it's because they're doing all the Galaxy's Edge stuff that is exclusive to Target in the states the kind of the shared exclusives between galaxy's edge proper and and target are shared with toys r us up here so that hondo is coming up in the black series there's a the the cardinal trooper and there's uh, the little droid as well that have like the galaxy's edge stickers on them and all that i'm super pumped that they're coming north of the border here yep that whole those look cool yeah little that, build a droid build a droid type stuff yeah so they've got everything from there which is kind of cool because 
I'd initially plan on going to Galaxy's Edge twice, actually, this year, one in, one time in California and one time in Orlando. And because of the state of the, the planet, that both of those trips were, were kiboshed. And so I don't even know when I'll get to Galaxy's Edge. It might be several years before we're down in the States, if ever. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to wear the full Stormtrooper thing. outfit with the helmet and then just put in like the two like air filters and then you should be good. But they filter toxins, not smoke. So I don't know if does that filter <laughs> COVID-19. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the stormtroopers can survive in like different planets with it, right? So, I mean, I figure they should be able to survive on Earth. I, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. <laughs> Just be safe. Maybe man. not Just Earth twenty twenty. Tie pilot. Tie pilot. Yeah, with that. Tie pilot. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sunny, my dude. It's it's been a minute yeah. since you've been here. Been a couple weeks. What what's been going on with you these past few weeks? Oh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, oh, what what is going on with me? Well. Um, the big thing is my man, Grabby Grab Grabs, hooked me up. So he's always like, he was talking to me. He's like, Sanjay, you got to get in this Philadelphia book. And I've always just been like, yeah, man, like it sounds interesting, but I just never like got around to picking it up. So so Grabs was like, okay, Sanjay, I'm going to pick this one up for you. So he traversed eBay Canada, which I assume that's where he got it from. <laughs> So he sent me a copy and he's like, here you go. Damn it. Read the damn book. So actually he was much nicer than that. He was just saying, I think you really enjoy this, Sanjay. Give it a go. Um, and, and I have to say he was right, man. Like, <laughs> Of course he was right. I, I, I grabs, man. He's batting a thousand. Like he was completely right. I love this book. Philadelphia is awesome. Now I'm kind of pacing myself because I don't want to like burn through this right away and kind of just like, you know, like not fully enjoy the story, the art, everything. So I am pacing myself, but I've read about three or four issues, and um, I'm just gonna talk a little bit about the first one now. Don't if you spoil live in Cal- anything. <laughs> I won't spoil anything. I'm very bad for that. But if, but if you Man live in Calgary, spoilers. <laughs> if you, if you live in Calgary, we're getting to that time of year where you know leaves are starting to change color. It's getting a little bit colder. The air is getting a little bit nippier in the morning, and so it's the perfect time to jump into a horror book. So I'm reading this Philadelphia, and the first issue, let me tell you, Walking Dead changed the game for zombies. They brought it back. Um, Philadelphia is hoping to resurrect, or I think it's going to resurrect the zomb- or the, the vampire franchise after Twilight killed it. This book, I'm telling you, is kind of like a mix between True Detective and like an 80s vampire film. It's, it's fantastic. Like It's a mystery built into horror, built into a little bit of history even. And um, I'm completely digging this. You know, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I'll be reading it, you know, giving a little bit of updates. But, like, issue one, fantastic. It totally hooks you. It ends on a cliffhanger where you're just immediately – I immediately was like, oh, damn. So then I immediately jumped back to page one, reread the whole thing again. And I was like, okay, now, like, this is – this is awesome. And then I immediately read uh, issue two. Um, yeah, man, I'm totally digging this book. Um if you haven't had a chance to pick it up, pick it up. Um, can't say enough things. Philadelphia is killing it in the mean streets of Philadelphia, literally and figuratively. Um, the other thing I'd like to speak about, you know, it's getting to that time. It's near Halloween and, you know, scary movies are starting to come out and it's a good time to watch some of your favorite scary movies. And so what I decided will be a little bit of fun is I'm going to do a little bit of call it my Sunjay spooktacular marathon where I'm going to suggest, you know, different movies to watch so if you ever want to watch like three horror movies in a row 
um, with different topics centered around them, let me know. So I want you guys, if you're if you're listening to this, send in a specific genre or topic. It could be anything. It could be obscure. It could be you know favorite werewolf movies or like werewolf movie uh, marathon. It could be you know favorite horror movies from 1984. Make a marathon based on that. Just whatever comes to your mind, send in the question, and I will produce a movie marathon for you to enjoy this Halloween season. And to kick things off, I thought, what better way to do that than movies that came out in 2020? Now, 2020 itself has been a little bit of a horror movie, but um, the horror movies that have come out in 2020 have been actually pretty strong. Um, you know, they don't they don't compare to the real-life horrors that are going on right now, but, but they are fun. And um, so my horror movie marathon for 2020 movies um i suggest first thing is a little movie called we summon the darkness now this movie centers around three girls who are going to a rock concert or heavy metal concert and they meet up with another group of guys at the concert and then they just they agree to take them back um to their house to just party and stuff and then something's well, awry Sanjay, we don't we don't talk about those kind of movies on this podcast <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I I don't know I, what other podcast you record with, but the, well, yeah, that's that ABN content. Uh, you know, it's kind of <laughs> awkward now. That's where I was last week, so I'm trying to like meld the two nerd room and the other uh, adult <laughs> the room podcast room. together. <laughs> yeah. Velvet rope room podcast. Um, but no, so so they take it back, and then during this, there's also like these satanic killings that are going on um, in the movie, and it just kind of ties together. So, so check that one out first. And the second film I suggest is a horror movie called The Lodge. Now, in this one here, there's a stepmom who is staying with her um, soon-to-be stepkids in this secluded um, woods area near Christmas time, while the dad has to go and work. So it's these three in the secluded woods, and um, there's there's trouble a brew. Um, you, you don't quite know if they're being haunted or what's going on, but, um, it's really scary. It's really effective. I, I really dug this one. So that would be the second one. Now this one was definitely scarier than We Summon the Darkness. We Summon the Darkness was more of a fun horror film. Just, you know, just to kick things off in this horror movie marathon that I'm suggesting. And then the third one, which, you know, it's going to be tough competition to beat for best horror film of 2020 and that is Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss. I freaking love this film. This is one of the best horror films in recent memory. And for it to like be an upgrade or like a reimagining of the classic Universal Monsters film, Invisible Man, this film knocks it out of the park. Um, there, there's a twist. I'm not going to give anything away. I know I'm really bad for that. But this thing, the tension builds in this. And it is just so effective, and you don't you don't quite know what's going on. You're like, is she going crazy, or maybe like, is there an invisible man? Um, but man, I really dug this film. So if you're in the mood for horror films, I'm suggesting for 2020. Um, that's this topic that I have chosen. We summon the darkness number one, um, the lodge number two, and then Invisible Man number three. So you watch that marathon, you'll have a great time. And as I said, if you have any other topics or genres of horror that you want me to produce a marathon for you before Halloween, because it is that time, send in, send them in, and I will give you, I will scour the internet, I will rack my brain to find the three best films for that topic for you. So Don't scour the internet, just that's, that's a, turn around. 
Yeah. <laughs> I will look at all my movies and I will pick three that I think will give you the best movie marathon based on whatever you suggest. Like it could be anything. It could be like three horror films involving Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know. Just whatever comes to your mind. Um, well, we, we all know, know that I, I appreciate you, Sanjay, so much, but I am just so scared of scary movies. <laughs> that I, I just well, I can't you do gotta, it. You gotta ease into it. You gotta ease into it. You know, you can't like it's like going in when you're at like Stampede or you know you're at Disney World. You don't go on like the big roller coaster first thing. You know, yeah. you gotta go on like kitty rides. You gotta go on the teacups. Me actually, teacups make me kind of sick. But you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> some of the smaller rides. Oh, I'm a big baby when it comes to rides. I can um, I can full, I can appreciate that <laughs> being a big yeah. baby because but you gotta you gotta dip your you gotta dip your toe you can't just jump in it's it's you gotta take it easy you know slow and steady and then you'll build up your endurance it's it's like rides are like hot wings right like you don't just like one day you're like hey i'm gonna t- tackle like the hottest chicken wing no man you like you go okay jalapeno <laughs> maybe then like a habanero maybe then a chipotle and then like a ghost pepper right you don't just jump to ghost <laughs> That's pepper. Right. Here, here's now we're on the merry go round to keep this this you know the analog going here of sanjay <laughs> and the lugs and all that so ah uh, dude i they, that's awesome i think yo if you guys want sunday to pick you at three movies like I, I might not be taking him up on the horror end of things but it's definitely the guy to be doing it so there it is at sunjabby on twitter you can hammer him there and ask for whatever it is you want but guys let's keep this train rolling here carlos my dude what's going on with you and you're weak and I don't know. I, I I got lost at Chipotle Wings. So <laughs> is I, that I, a thing? I don't know. I don't. The man of tangents. Eat, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a salt and pepper wing kind of guy. I don't know if there's Chipotle Wings. Wing. There could be. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. It was uh, it was a cool week with the lead up to Fandom and enjoying that all Saturday mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah, I dipped my toe into a bit of content. Um, starting to take a few steps into the world of 4K and uh, iTunes had a sale on all their yeah they had a sale on all their DC movies on 4K so grabbed a couple of those and they were so cheap like there was movies as cheap as seven dollars in 4K you get you you literally cannot even rent them no. to stream for that much on on your cable provider so yeah i did that and then uh our man sanjay hooked me up with the superman man of tomorrow animated movie so dove into that with my daughter and uh it was good like they really nailed the characterization and i loved the the efficient way that they went through this origin story without rehashing the origin story and building the relationships and building the emotional cores for Superman and the Kents and Lois Lane and setting up this whole new world. Um, Really interesting premise that we haven't seen before. Uh, Really interesting exploration of Metropolis, but there is just, and beautiful, beautiful animation. Um, it's got this really cool cell shaded look to it that kind of channels the Fleischer stuff, but is very modern at the same time. And interesting characters. You got everybody from Lex Luthor to Lobo that shows up in this thing. So it was awesome. But it had the most bizarre pacing where it was like really intense and really grabbed you. And then just this kind of really downbeat plotting and generic moments in it which I think were um, 
something that falls in the director with this film. But uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. And then as far as like treats go, um, I kind of broke my rule about staying away from the Funkos and whatnot. Like, <laughs> went, yeah, went to Toys R Us and uh, they had the the bronze Keaton Batman, ironically, right next to the wooden Captain America ah. that Tim bought a few weeks ago. <laughs> no, oh, like, sorry, so you said wooden Captain America. That's not the, the Chris Evans pick that just came out, right? <laughs> there oh, it is. It's no. in the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I yes. did have that picture framed, as the boys did suggest in the DM. It's currently up in the, the nerd room here waiting to be sent off and signed. <laughs> are, are you mighty enough to lift Captain America's hammer, Tim? Uh, man, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nerd Room After Hours, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, yeah, you exactly. picked the best episode to join us. <laughs> it had to scoot in there at some it, point, and I'm glad it was you that brought it up, Sanjay. <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, you said before you sent, like, we're going to have a clean show, guys. You know, it's a family show. Don't Don't mention it, but I just couldn't help it. You know, I just had to bring it up. <laughs> hey, it wasn't brought up directly. It was all indirect innuendo, so <laughs> you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I was talking about uh, his hammer. <laughs> Meal meal, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now Carlos has lost his complete train of thought. <laughs> no, um, grabs. I feel your pain, man, because like, with that stop at that pop shelf at Toys R Us, I turned the corner to where all the action figures are on the hunt for that Mandalorian in his Beskar armor. And uh, what do I see but snake eyes? Unfortunately, in the hands of somebody as he's picking it up going, dude, this is really cool. And showing it to his son. And I'm like, please put it down. Please put it down. Please put it down. Please put it down. Like just stalking this guy. And he's kind of walking around as though he doesn't know whether or not he's going to buy it or not. And my wife is just killing herself laughing at me, like stalking this guy. She's like, are you going to just walk up and grab it out of his hands? Because it kind of seems that way. Carlos, but unfortunately, don't you, don't you have a cough? Like you could have just like a little bit of sneeze beside him. He would have been nah, like, hell no, time. I ain't picking this up, dropped it and <laughs> just go. Yeah, sneeze, sneeze on the figure. But uh, <laughs> like, yeah, just take it. I, I would have done it, but who knows? It was a Sunday. Maybe the good Lord was looking after me, knowing that that's a dark tunnel to go down because what if you let one G.I. Joe into the collection, he's going to open the door for all his all friends. And then Cobra will come in right after and chase him out the door. But uh, I didn't leave empty-handed. I actually landed the Jack Nicholson uh, Batman 89 Joker pop. So Oh, nice. I, yeah, I kind of saw that. My my wife and kids are the pop hunters in our household. And um, she'd shown me pictures of the other guys on the hunt. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't need them. I don't need them. And we see him, And she's like, well, you best buy him because we've gone to a lot of spots that sell Funko Pops and this is the only time he's ever shown his head so Jack is Jack is on the shelves there so I think that yeah. that was a must buy for you man that was right in your wheelhouse <laughs> oh, oh yeah totally like anything like 70s Batman or Batman 89 I have a hard time saying no to it, it just it's got to come home those uh, Funkos are like the lace potato chips of toys yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah yeah, they're, they're sort of. I found myself meandering about looking for Jurassic Park 25th anniversary Funko Pops. I had stayed away from them, but guys, ah, I'd say like it's right in my wheelhouse, and I I gotta start pulling the trigger on these things. And I'm way, I'm like years behind on these, right? And so I'm paying more for them. 
<laughs> but yeah. it's, it's right. It's once you get one, okay, let's just open the door. Here they come. <laughs> yeah, six, and not that it'll help. Six, but six months pretty ago, nice. I had like seven of them. <laughs> now I've got 30. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's because they're cheap, they're always accessible, and they always do something that's just utterly charming with yep. them, right? Like yep. the the bit of expression or the nice little uh, highlight or accent or detail on the costume. Like the Luke Skywalker in Dagobah, the Yoda in his bloody backpack was so cute. We almost ended up coming home with that thing. Like, <laughs> well, and like, I, the I thing have, with uh... Funko is there's something for everybody. Even you, Sanjay, man. There's something out there for you. I'm so surprised that you've held off on, on Funkos this long. Well, I have. I actually do have one Funko, and it was given to me and my wife when we oh, were yeah. in San Diego. We went to the Conan O'Brien show, a taping, and then after everyone in the audience got the Conan Funko, so I have him in the Spider-Man costume. And I remember leaving there. There's literally people lined up with money in their hand saying, I'll give you 80 bucks. And this is in U.S. dollars, right? And us Canadians, that's like a lot of money, right? They're like, <laughs> 80 bucks, 100 bucks, 60 bucks. You know, people just like taking them. And my wife was like, she actually um, bartered with the guy and she got 80 bucks U.S. for her Funko. She's like, hell, I'm not going to do anything with this. And then the guy was like, do you want to sell yours as well for 80 bucks? And I was like, no, I kind of like it. It's like a nice souvenir of like San Diego Comic-Con. And it's just sitting up on my shelf now. And I'm like, I could have had 80 bucks U.S. And I'm just sitting there now. <laughs> she never lets me down on that one. She's like, you know, I think I'm the better like flipper of nerd stuff than you because I've made money and you actually just spend the money on it. <laughs> That's so true. That's all of us though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you ended up with that. I'm glad you got that Jack Nicholson in your collection now, man. It's it's in its rightful place, I think. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, dude. Mm. Well, actually, and you know what? We, oh, I, it's a gift, so I can't. Uh, I, I did score another one that we were on the hunt for for a while, one of the exclusives. But uh, yeah, just in case she listens, I can't. Uh... <laughs> oh, there you go. Something coming <laughs> for someone. The ghost on that one. <laughs> <laughs> good yeah, catch good it, catch. Yeah, it was a special score for someone but yeah i just about dropped it and then uh yeah but how about you man you seem giddy which means that there was uh, some acquisitions that were made i'm always giddy in this segment man but i uh i had another amazing kajiji weekend i, I told the story oh. last week about as i was podcasting with kyle and carlos on the tumbling saber i find the rest of the turtles i need in the neck line and this week you know, I Friday night rolls up on us. Not much going on. Monka Gigi scrolling, and boom, something just flies up at me. It's a a haul of twelve vintage TMNT figures from eighty eight, eighty nine, and the guy wants fifty bucks for them. And you know, again, I've said numerous times, I'm like the guy that just goes, "Oh, how about forty? This I looked at, I was like, "No way, I can go any less than what he's got." I just mess him. I'll take him. He said, cool, do you want to come get him? I was like, yep. And so I hopped in my car Friday night, drove over there. The guy was <laughs> the guy awesome. was great. Comes down out of his place with a mask on. I got my mask on. We do like – I had gone a little – like I was maybe 10 seconds in front of him. So I grabbed a rock and I put the $50 bill on his front porch with a rock on top of it. And I stepped back and he did the same. And I ended up with like this awesome haul of some really great action figures, like Splinter, April O'Neil, like uh, Baxter Stockman, like all these crazy like Pizza Face, all this stuff that is just nicely fitting into the collection. So I ended up getting about a dozen figures, which works out to like four bucks a piece. And wow. the thing that really took me aback with what he had there is 
all of the figures full accessories, which is like unheard wow. of for these. Yeah, these that's figures. amazing. Because some of these guys have like three, four accessories that go with them, and tiny little things like you guys know, like from with kids and all that, and even back to your own childhood, is anything that's small disappear i don't even know where half the lightsabers are from some of my figures when i was a kid and all that right like no clue um even as an adult sometimes i'm like where did that hilt go <laughs> and so for him to have all of the accessories remarkable and i was just blown away like the quality tiny bit worn but for the most part fairly minty and so super pumped about that acquisition again just filling out this this retro turtle line that i've been just you know, so adamantly chasing here in 2020, thanks to, to Carlos and his family, they're providing kind of that first one is free type thing. And, and here I am like 20 plus figures deep in the line already of a line that is hundreds of figures. But I'm just loving, loving the turtle stuff right now. It's, it's brought me so much genuine joy on the hunt that like I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It is like my prime focus right now. And then, and then taking that that excitement to the next level, I started really going back into Jurassic Park in a big way. And this weekend, I, I watched Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic Park three. Like I went with the three that I had seen the least. And I got to nice. tell you, I I genuinely enjoy all of those films. Some like the quality varies, but the the essence of Jurassic Park is is captured in all of them especially world and fallen kingdom like fallen kingdom i know we had talked about and yeah we did have some issues with because it (laughs) it very much felt like a transition film the first part of it is Mm -hmm. fantastic and then you get inside the house which was kind of a bit of a a startup or a foundation piece for what is inevitably going to be dominion or whatever it is then the next one coming out and that that's where it suffers but Looking at like the dinosaurs and all, I just loved it. And then this led me to the Funko Pops and the Amber series and all this crazy stuff that's going on in Jurassic Jurassic collecting, I guess Jurassic Park and World collecting, and and so it's just been kind of this this lovely dip into nostalgia for the past week for me in, in two lines that were probably the two biggest lines of my childhood that I'm finding just such pleasure in revisiting that not only like the figures but the history of them and what's next and what I can buy and starting to listen to other podcasts that focus on Jurassic Park and turtles and all this stuff. And so it's been kind of this, just this great, you know, revisiting of, of childhood that I've just thoroughly enjoyed. And that's, that's why I'm so giddy is some success <laughs> and just some just pure enjoyment. That, and, that's awesome, man. Yeah. You guys have been killing it with that Kijiji hunt. Oh. I know you guys pointed me towards that Mando, but Buddy never got back to me. So. Oh, no. Ah, yeah. the, the hunt continues. The hunt. Con- so, Kyle, with all your deliveries coming, did you end up getting the Mando delivered to you? The Beskar. The, the Beskar? Yeah. That got pushed for me. That is um, that is coming, I think, to EB Games early October. Oh, you went through EB or, Games. No, yeah. Ah. yeah. So that's that's. I, I was supposed to come earlier, I think, and then a bunch of us in, in the Facebook groups collecting go, "Hey, man, I got my email about uh, about uh, or from EB Games saying that the Beskar Mando has been pushed. Anybody else have this happen?" So sure enough, I checked, and yeah, it's been it's been delayed. Yeah, but oh, okay. ours got most people are canceled. Saying, <laughs> oh yeah, from Amazon. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's gonna be a tough one, man. It's gonna be a haul to find that one. Unfortunately, man, I'm just hoping Hasbro does what McFarland did with that detective comics 1000 batman where it's like here's a case yeah. of the entire case is just that one figure and a chase 
it's, like they got to do it. They got to do it. Got to deliver, especially with this trailer, guys. That we're going to talk about here in, in a few minutes. Oh man, just that figure is, is something else. And fingers crossed, we see it. Hopefully, Marty maybe gets a bunch of them in or something like. Like I'll pay forty bucks for it at Marty's place, thirty-five bucks, because they're all up in price anyways now, up to thirty-three dollars everywhere you go. But guys, man, that's that's another hugely intense week for far weeks and and it's funny because every time we get to the weekend i'm like okay and we talked about this kyle about do you go out and actually buy stuff just so you can talk about it on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) and but there's always there's always something that delivers which is it's just great and like you said the kijiji game the reason it's gone so well over the last couple weeks is i'm literally checking it like once every two hours like i have saved searches (laughs) and i just go in and just pound them boom, boom 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 down the down on the app and it's like it's like a Pez, Jurassic Park, Turtles, Black Series, Marvel Legends. Like that's just a boom, 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 boom. You gotta be quick. It's it's it sounds silly to say, but you've gotta be quick. You gotta including be on Kijiji it. Virage Sale, which another one that I've you know I was trying to fill in my X Men Funko collection, and I'm I'm getting down to it now. There's only a few figures left, and so I'm I hit up Kijiji or Virage Sale. I can't remember which one, and somebody had listed this giant lot, and it had all the figures I was still interested in getting. Great prices too. And the, the, the listing was only a day old. And so I message, oh, my God, Psylocke, Cyclops. Oh, my God, Professor X, you've got them all. I need them. Sold. Each and every one of them sold. I was like, oh, all it's... the ones I don't want or don't need, still there. But the ones I want, sold. Yeah, ah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> got to pull the trigger quick. And that's that's the unfortunate part, right? I've, I've got burned on a few times on things. And this the turtle lot that came up, I was it was 23 minutes after you posted it that I jumped on. That's the only reason I got it. Um, but it's it's all about the hunt. It's the thrill of the hunt, man. That plastic anxiety that we all also crave, and also disdain. It's uh, it's something that we got to live with, though, guys. <laughs> yeah, those high highs and those crushing defeats. Yeah, right, we need we need twelve step programs. Let's be honest. Yes, we do. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. But it's funny because those low lows make the high highs. Like when we find that best Scarmando. It is going to be like an unbelievable experience because we went through, yes, we got the pre-order. Oh, Amazon canceled it. Oh, we're never going to find it. And then when it's in our hands, it's going to be like, yes, it's going to be kind of like that, that almost when you get to the, to the, the build and anticipation of the movie and you watch the movie, you're like, okay, that was good. And once we get the figure in hand, be like, cool figure. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> I had a similar reaction. I hit Walmart this week just to see what was on the pegs. And so I walked by the Halloween costumes and lo and behold, there's a Mando costume. And I had the same, sim, a very similar reaction to as if I had found a Holy Grail type Black Series figure for myself. I was like, oh my God. Ah! So I, <laughs> I grab a picture of it and I, I send it to my wife. I'm like, do I buy this right now? Like right, right now. Don't even talk to my, our son because he gets giddy over the Mando. He loves the Mandalorian. And so that particular costume was, it was too, too big for him. But I found it at Toys R Us, the right size. It was like, just buy it. Just grab it. Like it was as if I found a collectible for me. And it was a crappy Ruby's costume. <laughs> buy it, buy it. it was the same strategy, same reactions. Take it, grab it, come home with it. Well, you can Done. always return this stuff too, right? Like I always do that with figures too. It's, it's kind of like, are you going to regret not picking this up? Probably, but you can always bring it back if you decide you don't want it and you want to put yeah. it in the hands of another collector. But yeah, guys, Oh, we could talk about for weeks, for days about collecting here, but we got to move on to some of the news for this week and we're going to jump straight into the mcu guys i've been i've been just salivating because we have not had 
a ton of MCU news. And some finally, we've got something tangible here to talk about. We've got two main topics. We're going to start with The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the most anticipated Disney Plus series of all time, even above and beyond The Mandalorian Season 2, guys. I'm going to put that out there, see how, how, that's, how that's felt. But they're finally back. They're back in Atlanta. They're shooting and we're finally getting some images from the cast. We got Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie both posting on their individual Instagrams photos of them in costume. We're seeing Falcon for the first time in his Disney Plus Falcon and the Winter Soldier uniform here. It's conveniently in black and white, both photos, which makes me wonder if they've done a bit of color changing, maybe added some blue to the Falcon here. But guys, does this whole thing coming back disney plus falcon and the winter soldier we're supposed to have seen this in august or september but they're finally back at it carlos man what sort of pleasure do you get out of seeing these two guys exchanging photos and getting a good look at at anthony mackie here as falcon dude it makes it real Mm -hmm. well and it was kind of a one-two hit because like i sent you that picture on monday as i'm doing my grocery shopping yeah yes um i end up finding a falcon and the winter soldier licensed t-shirt and uh it was like it was cool and i was like oh i should buy this just because like i'm looking forward to this show so much and then i'm like take a picture i send it to tim tim who my wife just dropped off another marvel shirt because i've already accumulated (laughs) too many t-shirts and so that thought process made itself apparent to me and i was like no i can't in good conscience buy this falcon and the winter soldier t-shirt but uh yeah and then we get those pictures and yeah it's cool like i I like the vibe. The guys seem like they're enjoying themselves, having a good time. And, uh, yeah, it, it makes me really want black widow to come out because it feels like that's the big barrier to us getting Falcon and the Mm -hmm. winter soldier. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully some dominoes fall and we get something with, with widow so that we can get all these kind of projects in the hopper but i'm right there with you man i'm i'm the falcon to your captain america so there i it is. I, I need my i need my spotlight yeah you do yeah you do you need to pick that shield up so very it's it's so interesting to see like you said that they're finally back it makes this thing feel real again people are seeing emily van camp who plays sharon carter they're seeing george st pierre batrock the leaper from winter soldier these characters are all returning, so they seem to be gathering up a lot of the Captain America universe, if I can call it that, characters to fill out the cast, You know, even adding on to Baron Zemo. So there's a, a lot of great actors that are contributing to this and bringing their characters back to the MCU in a real way, in a real series, guys, six, eight episodes, whatever it is of these characters really extending out the character development for for all of these characters that for the most part haven't been highly focused in on they've been you know sidekicks to some of the main characters they've gotten some development but it's gonna be great to see these characters really expand in the mcu space and the eventuality of them being back on the big screen is is real so kyle man you've had an opportunity here in the nerd rooms to talk about falcon and the winter soldier but what's your excitement level for this and and seeing these photos and hearing about those castings or those returning cast characters i should say like what's what's your temperature on this right now i'm so happy that they're back at this this is my top most excited for MCU project period of mm-hmm. all the stuff that's on the slate. This is what I want the most. And it seems that they're pulling mostly or very much from winter soldier, which is my favorite MCU movie period. And with, with, with uh, Emily van camp back in, in the fold and, and George St. Pierre there, it seems like they're pulling a lot of strings. And of course with, with Sebastian Stan and 
uh, Anthony Mackie. This, these are all Winter Soldier alum. Mm. So I hope that they, there's going to be a bit of that vibe in oh, this I show because I'm all about it. I'm, I can't wait to see this thing. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it, it's. I very, very much agree with you is that this has that Winter Soldier vibe. And I think pulling that sort of tone into this TV series is going to serve it very well, especially I think with some of the, the, the content that they're going to be tackling throughout this with, you know, not my Captain America pulling from some of the recent uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America books and bringing in U.S. agent and all these characters to, to really capture some of the, the very real social unrest that is going on in the United States right now in particular and using that as, as a way to express that across this medium. I think it's going to be really, really good. I'm, I'm very confident in the way they're going to tackle this to, to bring light to things, but also to tell a real and tangible story for those characters. So very, very exciting. Sonny, my dude, you've yet to acquire Disney+. Plus, But this this Hold has got to... I need your password, bro. Dude, <laughs> come on. These photos alone, or even the hype around it, has got to get you amped up enough. If, if Mando doesn't do it for you, surely the Falcon and Winter Soldier can. Yeah, when it drops, when it drops, it's not <laughs> dropped yet. So it's coming. <laughs> it's like paying. It's like it's like you're waiting for like the main entree at a at a restaurant, right? You don't pay for that time. You pay once you get the get the entree. That's that's right? fair. You're... So you got you, you got to wait. You got to wait. You know, you got I gotta I gotta pull the horses back on this one and wait to see. You know. Wait to see, because like the the Marvel stuff is what I'm most interested in, um, yeah. and they haven't put anything out yet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shoot, who knows? Black Widow might be coming out, and then I'll be racing to get it if if she's coming out on Disney Plus. But uh, very well until they start be. start dropping the the Marvel stuff, then Disney Plus will just be just be a uh, far off distant dream for me until it until it drops. Yeah, well, we touched on this a bit last week too about some of the issues around Disney plus and the original content and how, how everything that's going on has really slowed that down because Disney has this fantastic library, but they do and are lagging behind Netflix in the original content. So I'm, I'm happy to hear Sanjay that once this is, you're going to pull the trigger because you, you know, we're going to be talking about this all the time on the podcast. And so you got to get into this for of sure. Course, and, of and, course, but I had to get the HBO first. You know, you know how I roll? I had to I had to get the HBO first. So it's fine. Falcon Winter Soldier will be up before uh, you know, everything else coming on on HBO. That thing that you want to see real bad. <laughs> uh, no one's really talking about it. It's just flying under the radar. That's right. <laughs> well, I will tell you something that a lot of people are talking about. Going back to the MCU here, is Deadline had or did report that there was a major casting major i'm saying that on purpose jonathan majors has been cast now he comes from lovecraft country which carlos you got to enlighten us on a little bit here but he's been cast as a role for a role in the mcu particularly ant-man 3 and sources are saying that he's going to be playing none other than kang the conqueror this is huge news guys we'll get into some of the details of who kang is for those that don't know yet or haven't experienced him in the comic books but let's start with the actor carlos jonathan majors i know you're familiar with him from lovecraft country what are your thoughts on him being cast into the mcu and into this role in particular yeah man to be honest with you my only disappointment with it is that episode two i think it was i turned to my wife and i was like i want this guy to be cast as john stewart for the inevitable mm-hmm. green lantern project that warner brothers does um 
he's a fantastic lead. Lovecraft County is the first time that I've ever watched him on screen, but uh, yeah, he it's a challenging role, and he showcases a pretty vast spectrum um, of emotions and character dynamics over the things that the his character goes through, and while Kang isn't something that I'd see reflected in that performance thus far. He's been so good. I have no doubt in my mind that he'll nail it out of the park. And he's got a cool look to him. So I don't know that they have to go too funky with Kang. So I think it was a smart casting in that respect where they can use the actor's appearance and kind of massage maybe a look for Kang into it as opposed to going for the funky like TV set mm. from the seventies style head that Kang has. So yeah, I'm purple green. <laughs> yeah. I'm stoked for this. Like I, he's a fantastic actor. And if you haven't checked out Lovecraft County, like it's another baller of a show from HBO. Like they're just killing it there. I don't know that they've put out anything bad in the last two years. Um, and if your taste is kind of sci-fi fantasy stuff, superhero stuff, they've got you covered and it's a lot edgier, a lot more mature than most of the offerings that are out there. But like Kyle was saying, Watchmen was awesome. And this is the same, same type of thing. Like I literally have no idea what I'm going into every week with this show, but I know I'm going to enjoy it. And it deals with some pretty heavy, high concept, well, heavy real world concepts and has a bunch of high concept fantasy and magic type um, facets to it. And he does a fantastic job blending both, right? So he's dealing with social injustice on the streets of 1950s USA. And at the same time, there's these children of Adam who are trying to open portals in time to (laughs) do all sorts of funky stuff. And that, See, Sanjay, that's an episode one kind of act one concept. So that's why. Oh, uh, <laughs> so who who are the children of Adam? Can you just tell us? Like, get skip to the end. Well, no, I can't because then I would be <laughs> the man of spoilers. So that's why I can't yeah. get into that. But uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out the show, check it out. And two things: it's an awesome watch, and it'll do nothing but really uh, buoy your enthusiasm for the casting of Mister majors in that role because he is he's a great actor he's a he's a gem and i'm glad to see them going after these kind of under the radar actors as opposed to hey let's see if we can get ben Mendelsohn or idris elba in every single villain role so (laughs) (laughs) So true it is great you know they're they're stepping in that direction and it'd be good to see a, a character actor like that really embrace the role of kang because i don't think Kang is a one-and-done Ant-Man 3 villain of the week. This guy is Thanos-type level. You know, we're going to build this to the Young Avengers, to the Avengers whenever they get back to that sort of crossover events because this this character has an enormous history and a very complicated history in the comic <laughs> books. You know, he is a time traveler, is kind of the, his basis. But his his origins go back to... Ramatut, which is ancient Egypt. He's got Kang the Conqueror that is in the, the fourth millennia in a different time stream. He's coming back. You've got Nathaniel Richards, Iron Lad, that has a big you know piece to play in 
the Young Avengers. So there's so much they can do with with this character, but it, it's definitely not someone that I see coming into Ant-Man 3 because that, that's the confusing piece to me is that Ant-Man 3, you know, you look at the other Ant-Man films, all very well done, but the scale of them, you know, notwithstanding the giant man in, in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, <laughs> the scale has never been as large as, say, a Winter Soldier, a Civil War, a Ragnarok, which are very large in scale and have very much wider implications. Yes, Ant-Man and the Wasp did see the idea of the quantum realm and what eventually turned out to be the solution in Endgame, but this is going next level, introducing a character like this into Ant-Man. Kyle, like Kang the Conqueror in the MCU, how do you how do you feel about this potentially being the next big bat? I never would have thought they'd go with Kang as the next big bat. And I don't know that he is, but he's definitely going to be a pivotal pivotal character in whatever they come, whatever comes next. I and mean, we're looking for an entry point for the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. He's the guy to help bring them in. You know, and, and when yes. you look at what they're doing with the Loki show, uh, Doctor Strange, even what they did, like you said, with Ant-Man and, and uh, Endgame, all the stuff with with time travel and different timelines, Kang fits right into that, right into that, like a dirty shirt. And <laughs> man, there's there's and, and like you said, he's he's tied into the Richards family. He's yes. got some Stark ties there. The everything's there for them to make this guy sort of the the springboard into the next phase does he have anything to do with the x-men as well at some point who knows but this is a guy that opens so many doors and like you said he's a complex character he's lived in all sorts of different eras of of history it's he's one of those guys that can really muddy the waters but the doors he opens are are limitless Mm -hmm. and i think that the doors that they did open in endgame with time travel and all that invites a character like this into the mcu and even like your point about the x-men right like the, the the individual he embodies in ancient Egypt eventually gives away to Apocalypse, which then gives away to the X-Men in a big way. Maybe not so much mm-hmm. the Apocalypse movie way, but definitely <laughs> in the comic books, there there's definitely a history and a connection there. So this character, you're right, is connected to so many different pieces that either exist in the MCU currently or we're waiting for them to be introduced in a major way. Sonny, my yeah. man, take, taking a character like, like Kang and pulling him into an Ant-Man film of all films, you know, arguably the smallest film. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I see what you did there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I think I think it's a good move, man, because you got to, you know, you, you got to build up hype for this Ant-Man film because the first two, you know, um, varying qualities, but, like, in terms of, like, the box office, you know, Ant-Man wasn't reaching the levels of, like, Ragnarok or, you know, Captain Marvel or any of those films. So to bring in like the big bad and throw him into Ant-Man three, I think it's just going to make eyes gravitate towards the film. And I think it makes sense. You know, Ant-Man, you know, Kyle, you talked about it with the time travel and the interdimensional travel. And I think Kang's going in there, you know, I don't know much about the character, but just hearing you guys thoughts, uh, uh, talking about him, he's definitely not a one and done character. Like Kang isn't going to die at the end of Ant-Man three. And, and if he does, then that's extremely disappointing. But uh, I think this is a character that's going to have a long through line. And, you know, we were talking who's going to replace Thanos. Could it be Kang. It, it very much could. And, like, the character, depending on what iteration, what form he takes in Ant-Man 3, could die in, <laughs> realistically, in mm-hmm. this film. 
and then you have Just the other Kang one. come back from wherever, right? Like, yep. like Carl, so you have you have exactly. some experience with the character, and you know, even like looking at the Young Avengers, right? Young Avengers number one with Iron Lad and Nathaniel Richards, like that that whole Young Avengers thing is seeded from this character, his young form that you know looks at himself in the future and says, "I don't want to be that," and takes off, and then eventually figures out that you know Vision had this this you know way to to form the young adventures as a backup plan and and he goes out and collects all these characters that we're starting to hear about in disney plus you're 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 maybe not exactly the characters that we're going to see but some idea and concept of of the young adventures with cassie lang who is also you know in this ant-man is now grown up enough to be a young avenger what's your take on this you know directly about about kang now that you've elaborated on you know, who the actor is, is going to be portraying, you know, such a big role potentially in the MCU. Yeah. To be honest, like my immediate thought was kind of in line with Kyle's is that he, Ant-Man 3 will simply be a gateway to introduce us to this character. They'll probably play into the concepts that uh, the audience has been introduced with, with the quantum realm and its ability to facilitate time travel. And then, I kind of get the sense that Kang's role will be to wreck some kind of vengeance on Earth and the Avengers for messing with the timeline as much as mm-hmm. they did. Maybe Captain America's decision to have a life with Peggy Carter comes home to roost because he wasn't supposed to do that yeah. or something of that nature. So I, I think that'll be more the idea they have with Kang. And then as far as the next generation and the young Avengers um, coming into the fold, I think it'll be more with the absence of Tony Stark and Captain America. And I'm sure um, Clint Barton's going to get written out of their continuity pretty quick and stuff like that. You'll have your characters like your Thor and Carol Danvers having to Mm -hmm. um, assemble a new crop of Avengers. Right. So I think that'll be, where it is where the young Avengers or the new Avengers um, form in order to take on the threat that is Kang. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Like he gives them a lot of um, a lot of avenues to play with. I just hope that they don't use him as a plot device so they can go get a, Oh, here's our new Tony Stark and here's World War II Captain America that you don't recognize anymore or, or something of that nature. I hope, it's something where the characters that they've been developing need to step forward and face him down. Yeah. But he's coming to seek revenge or whatever. Maybe Steve Rogers cost him his future. And with his ability to time travel, he's coming back to just exact some revenge. And that would be so cool to see. Like, I think like there has to be consequences for them screwing around with the timeline in Endgame. Right, there yep. has to be yeah. some fallout from it, and Kang, like it would be, it, I think it would be so cool to see that they they defeat Thanos. You know, they they think that they they've won it all, and then but whoops, our next big bad over the next you know five, eight, ten films is a direct consequence of you defeating Thanos. I know Kevin Feige hit I, me up, man. I think it's, it's great. <laughs> it's great storytelling, and mm-hmm. it it. it gives you the stakes for what was sacrificed in Endgame because there's there's still time streams and, and you mentioned this too Kyle right there's the whole Loki thing the multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange 
And so they're they're really moving into and embracing in a similar fashion that DC has is the idea of the multiverse. And Kang really fits into that nicely as someone that can really move across the multiverse very, very easily. And they have a character that, that can really stretch out through time in the MCU without having them to, to say explicitly what's going on. Like, I like the idea of this being, you know, either another dimensional Kang or someone that comes, like you said, Carlos, to enact some sort of revenge because of X, Y, and Z. But the hardest part of it all this is making sure it's not like incredibly and abundantly confusing for people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's going to be the hardest thing. It's always the hardest thing with time travel. Like some people even had issues with with Endgame. I think it was very few people that had issues with the way that they kind of made some rules. I think they followed them for the most part, but then they leave some few things dangling, right? They're going to pick up later on. But it's very exciting. Like it's it's, it's great that Ant-Man is going to be much larger in scope. And the fact that they're bringing in a character like this, like to me, it only spells great things for, for the future of the MCU is there's always this worry that what do you do after Thanos? What do you do after Endgame? Well, the next logical play is a character like Kang. I'm not saying that it's going to be that exact sort of thing, but they have to play this long game again across three, four phases to really build into the blueprint that has worked tenfold for them. But again, they're allowing what, for, what if- for different characters. What if he's sort of a bridge villain? So he he comes back from the future and and you know he's given the X Men the gears for for messing with time. But he ends up being so he doesn't die in Ant Man three, but he dies fairly quickly on. But he passes that baton to uh, Doctor Doom, who he's mm-hmm. kind of palled oh. around with in the comics before. So he's sort of that bridge villain. Yeah, okay, he's Kang. He's it's it's almost like a Steppenwolf deal where you're like him, that guy. He's the he's the threat. Oh, get out of here. He's no threat. But then he yeah. passes the baton to to Dr. Doom, who you're like, oh, okay, give me 10 movies of Dr. Doom. I got it. This, yeah. is, this is a decade's worth of, of, of threat here. Totally. So do you figure that he'll be the gateway to the FF then, Kyle? I, yeah, I'm convinced, for sure. Yeah. I, like, I, I, how would you build that in, though? Because the, the problem with the FF, right, is short of them being stuck in the, the negative zone for all the last 10 years, <laughs> like, how, do you, how do you functionally bring them into the universe without saying their point of origin is post end game. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I really hope to get that period piece, right? Like I hope they would do something with the FF, like a period piece in the sixties and just That'd have it so set cool. there. And then maybe you do it with like that and then put them into that, into that realm where they can't be touched and then pull them back out of it. I don't know how they probably pull it. Kevin Feige is the man for that, but I would love to see a period piece with the fantastic four set in the sixties. That would be thrilling to me. Yeah. They could do something where they're associated to that lab that Howard Stark worked in, right? Mm-hmm. Where they leave as Sue, Ben, Johnny, and Reed. And while they're off, kind of like that Challengers of the Unknown thing, right? So they're off having whatever adventures, and that's where they become the superheroic Fantastic Four. And then mm-hmm. with the events in the contemporary MCU, they come back to our world and are interacting with everybody else. And you could kind of have that fish out of water trope to play with with these characters, which would be something that we haven't had in the MCU to date. So, it, it, you're right because it, it would be a cool way to embrace. And they've done this in the past with the MCU. They've embraced Hickman lines to a degree, storylines, and you could pull on that, you know, traveling in space sort of storyline. Yeah, with the Fantastic Four that they're off doing something, but that that's gonna be the hardest part. Is is how do you like? 
their i guess kang in itself i guess in the the Rumatut, uh form is his real first appearance right in the comic books and mm-hmm. that's why he was tied to i believe at least the fantastic form fox in and the character as far as the ip goes but i am it's it's very very interesting because he does have so many connections to so many different characters like he could see the origin you know for even the X-Men, right? If you want to go back to Agent Egypt and Apocalypse and all that. So there's so much they could do with this character and so much potential. And the fact that they're using Ant-Man 3 to be the gateway in, I think is I think is also just fantastic. Like, I, I love it. I love it. If well, you... what are they going to do, though? Because Michael B. Jordan's already in. He's already playing a role. So how are they going to bring him in to play <laughs> Fantastic Four? <laughs> Right, because they're gonna bring that. They're gonna bring the fan four stick back, right? That's what you guys were all talking about, right? Like Miles Teller is he even free yeah, to play Mister Fantastic again? Parallel. Universe. Who knows, right? <laughs> Get Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan to come duke it out to see who can be Human Torch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not confusing. <laughs> Gotta love that. That would be films. an amazing line with like the multiverse that they both met, and then like the new Human Torch, whoever was cast, all three of them just like, wait. What, what am I going to get my upgrade to be like a boss character now? <laughs> well, it's unfortunate because they don't have the, the same, I guess, liberties that DC does where they don't have any characters that are, has played previous characters and are now, you know, pillars of their universes. They've got, you know, different flash and all this stuff and different Superman. And so I, I don't know if they'll embrace it in the same way, but it'd be really funny to have Chris Evans come back in some weird, <laughs> massive interdimensional crossover and be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this, one's, this one's a jerk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very exciting stuff in the MCU, guys. And I think to close it out here, we're, we're going to have to talk about this this Mando trailer. Mando season two. Whoa. We we got the the EW spread last week, and like we had called it, the uh, the promotional procession begins for Mandalorian season two, October thirtieth, guys. It is dropping, and quietly on Tuesday morning, the Mandalorian season two trailer dropped after much fanfare and conjecture online about when this was going to drop. Is happening here? Is happening over Fandom? But no, guys, it comes out you know just over a month out from the debut of Mandalorian season two. And it, to me, just high level, it was pitch perfect. This trailer for me, it did everything it needed to do. And there's one line that we're going to discuss in there, guys, spoilers for all this, of course, that they could have just had that one line in there, sold the whole thing for me. I'm already on board, but it put me (laughs) like to like, like to the moon of what they they're putting in here and what they're potentially seating on all this but I'm i'll be like, able to find you the t-shirt with that line on it i'm sure by monday yes I'm sure you <laughs> my, my, yeah. kyle i'm gonna let you have first crack at this man you know i know you guys are gonna go into all sorts of depths and detail over the tumbling saber this week but we got you first so man what are your thoughts on just high level thoughts and then we'll jump into some of the detail but as this is presented to you what does it do for your hype level and and just that anticipation that built towards this trailer and seeing the first footage live action footage of mandalorian season two coming off the back end of what was just something that we all love to death how are you feeling about this one man i was getting to the point where i almost didn't need the trailer mm-hmm. we're we're, get, we're 40 <laughs> 
what, 43, 44 days out, whatever it is. Dude, I was at the point where, you know what? What are you doing, Lucasfilm? You're waiting an awful long time to give this to us. I'm cool. Maybe you don't even need to sell me on this. Because I am. I love this show. It is quickly creeping up the list of things I love most about Star Wars. I, I just found season one an absolute joy front to back. I loved it to bits and pieces. So when this trailer came out, my first thought, you know, it, it came out Tuesday morning, fairly early. And my first thought was, why didn't you just release this 14 hours ago with Monday Night Football? <laughs> like, yeah. you, you obviously had it. You could have had a huge TV audience to sell this to as well. It, it was. It struck me as a bizarre choice, but whatever. I, big deal. The trailer was pitch perfect. It gave us nothing, but yet just chum the waters. And man, was everything about it just so spot on. So many things that we haven't seen before. You know, like we've never seen a live action water planet. You know, we've never seen uh, like there's there's that couple of shots of like a very grungy, dingy urban environment. We've not seen that in live action. Where are these places? We all have our thoughts. There's that ice world. What is that? I Fandom has already run rampant with, uh, you know, is that Ilum? Yeah. Could that be Ilum? And it would make perfect sense based on all the threads that they've laid down. Man, like everything about the trailer was just on the money, on the money. Yeah, it, it really ran away with it. And the thing that stuck out to me the most was, and, and John Favreau talked about this in the EW spread about them, you know, having the baseline of the sets and they have the volume and all this stuff already set up now. And so that hundred million is now going directly into the quality and into the CGI and all that, right? Not in the initial the setup of everything. Yeah. And so the thing that stuck out to me the most is this look like film quality. Like Mandalorian season one was film quality, but it still had some of the nuances of a TV show. When I look at this, the speeders, the ships, the the costumes, everything, to me it just looks like it's, it's that much better than it was from season one. Like this look, this is a proper, I think, big screen style of of I'm not going to say film, but TV show like it, that stood out to me big time in this is just the quality of it and just how smooth everything looked. And the, the big thing for me too, in this was the score, how it opened. It kind of gave you this, like just this feeling of openness and vastness before it kind of really sucks you in to the very personalized story that they're going to tell with the child and the Mandalorian here. Carlos, man, you, you've been hyped for this. You're chasing the action figures, this Beskar Mando in particular. So you're committed to the Batman of the Star Wars universe. But what did this trailer do for you? Oh, dude, I'll tell you exactly what it did for me. I, a couple hours before we started recording, watched the first two episodes of <laughs> season one again. And I I never <laughs> watch TV shows multiple times kind of thing. Like Batman the Animated Series is the only tv product that i can honestly say i've watched multiple times but uh yeah the ew spread comes out my oldest daughter wants a plush mandalorian it's like yeah or a plush the child sorry i'm like yeah you can we'll get you one hooked up with that but i said you got to watch the show like you can't have the toy without watching the show <laughs> and uh yeah, we made it a date for kind of after school, after work. And just by happenstance, the trailer dropped this morning. And I watched it probably two or three times in a row. And I just 
loved it and it got me super hyped for our Mandalorian watch date. So, um, yeah, it, what you guys say about it being pitch perfect is bang on the money. And for me, it felt like an evolution of season one where they could have very easily stuck to the whole game of keep away with the child with all these factions coming after him and everything else. But it's like, no, we have a, he's given his new mission right away. And I was surprised that they were leaning into kind of the Jedi's in the force and gives you a bit more color as to where the galaxy is in the wake of the fall of the empire and in the absence of the Jedi's. So that was awesome for me as kind of the, the Johnny come lately star Wars fan. Um, I I loved it. Like I I was expecting good things, but this was a completely new direction for the show that I wasn't anticipating, but I am totally there for. I am totally there for. So yeah, I say bring it. Like the I only need, probably need another three days to get through season one. So if they want to drop that Mandalorian <laughs> season two on on September 30th, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> it was I, rad. I think we'd all very much embrace that. <laughs> Sunny man. So yeah, man, you, you're going to give Disney plus. I know you are for the Mandalorian season. Eventually. Two yeah, Eventually. of course, man. Of course, of course. <laughs> but, but what about this trailer, man? You, you've, you've really found your star Wars footing since we really started this podcast over the last couple of years, come on the, the big screen, adaptations or big screen showings of of star wars and all that you we walked through the sequel trilogy together and now getting into live action here seeing more of of some familiar faces in there with not only the mandalorian but you're seeing x-wings you're seeing stormtroopers you're seeing sand people you're seeing bantha like you're, you're getting a lot of the framework of star wars built into this show in mm-hmm. I, I would say in very much a way that isn't you know fan servicey this feels like it's part of the universe which i love but but mm-hmm. but man, does this whet your appetite enough to even consider an early Disney Plus purchase? <laughs> um, yes. This show is about me getting subject <laughs> to purchase Disney Plus and him giving me one word answers. But <laughs> elaborate for us um, if, if you, you will. have no follow up questions, then yes, I loved everything about this trailer. And don't ask me anything specific because I definitely watched it. So, <laughs> but I don't want to get into anything specific because I don't want to spoil anything. So no, yes, man of spoilers every, is protecting himself here. Everything about it. Oh, there was no down parts. It was just up, 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 up. Uh, hundred ten out of ten. 11 out of 10. This, this is why he's one of our best color commentators, guys. He can make you think lawyer? that he watched it when he didn't actually watch it. Did I watch it? Did I not watch it? Who knows? But yes. <laughs> I love you, Sonny. <laughs> All right, let, let's swing this one back around to, to Kyle here. The, we're gonna let's call talk him... to someone who actually knows what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you are you are very much immersed in in a lot of the lore, even much more so than than Troy and I of Star Wars here. Let, let's let's expand a bit on the, the the setting of the stage for the child's importance in this season two here, and how they're going to, in a very real way, bring in the Jedi into Mandalorian in a very organic way. Like my biggest fear with the child and the Force and all that, because we were kind of promised that something where we we're going to step a bit away from that, from the lore and everything that we had consumed for the last forty plus years in the Force. I, that is, and part way through and almost like right off the hop, we got a Force sensitive being here. 
that becomes very much the pivotal character of it all. And now we've got, you know, basically his mission is to reunite the child with his own kind. At first glance, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to see a, a whole bunch of this species, but he's specifically being told to deliver them to the great order of sorcerers called Jedi. Like, boom, like this really sticks out. And then Mandalorian himself here starts talking about the enemy and what is the Mandalorian Wars with the Jedi. Like this from Clone Wars and Rebels, we've got a bit of taste of this. You know, I'm talking pure canon here, but this has to really open a ton of doors and excitement for you, man. When you bring the Jedi in, that's you're going right to the top of the Lucasfilm sort of family of, of little uh, micro brands within the overall brand. Like the Jedi is their big thing. And so if you're if you're going there, it, it this counts like this is you're going right to the top. Like there's not there's nothing bigger in Star Wars than the Jedi. And so when, when you hear the armor's voiceover saying, you know, this this ancient order of, of sorcerers. Like, you know that somewhere along the way here, the Mando is going to come into contact with some Force users. Mm-hmm. And they, they did tease that shot of, of Sasha Banks, the wrestler. And, you know, she's wearing that cloak. And then is she's there one was? minute. Yeah. Yeah, man, okay. that's Sasha Banks. I didn't know that. So I didn't that know she was in this. Then? Yeah, that's absolutely her. And she, she tweeted it. She's, she's on board. She's totally in. It was a rumor for the longest time. Then we saw her today. Uh, you know, this, when this trailer came out and go, oh, yeah, because she is. So was she. So who is that? Do you have any insight into who that character is? Because I, I heard you just say Sabine, Carlos. I don't think it's Sabine, but it's I, I could see her being Sabine. But well, I had to I had to drop something because like Kyle was coming out with Ilum and stuff. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm way out of my depth here. <laughs> I'm going to have to get my my braid going again. Well, so so Ilum, Il, spoilers for anybody who's not yet played Fallen Kingdom, which includes uh, Fallen Order, which includes me. Um, but Ilum is the ice planet that eventually became sort of terraformed into Starkiller Base. Oh, cool! And so in in Fallen Order, you see sort of the early stages of uh, the planet being sort of gutted, and so it could be retrofitted with that giant, you know, planet-based laser cannon. Uh, so that ice planet that we see in this trailer could very well be that, and that you know that that planet is connected to the Jedi, and the, you know their, their their quest for their kyber crystals often takes them to that planet. So uh, that could be where they're at. Uh, but as far as the cloaked character, I don't know if if fan chatter made that Sabine or if that was a a rumor from one of the reliable sources at some point. I don't know that they'll do it because Sabine has been specifically coded as sort of an Asian character and mm. Sasha Banks ain't it. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if Disney want, you know, in a, in an era where you kind of have to be sensitive to who you cast and, and you know, that type of thing. I, will Disney step on and Lucasfilm step on that landmine voluntarily by not bringing an Asian actor in to play an Asian coded character in animated stuff. Boy, they're asking for trouble if, if they do. Sabine is still rumored to be in the show, as is Ahsoka. And so there is our handing off point for, you know, this baby who, I, like Carlos, I think you mentioned it before, like how long can they run around trying to play keep away with this child before the Mando has to sort of say goodbye, right? And it, it's, and in the EW piece, they talked about how 
yes, you know, that, that storyline will continue, but they're going mm-hmm. to also lean into ex- other episodes where they've got enough characters now where they could do an episode with Cara Dune yeah. or an episode with X character. So they don't have to drag that out for eight episodes consecutively, keep, you know, keep playing keep away. There are ways to sort of milk the season while still, still giving you good stories, but they don't have to go- revisit that, that thread every single week now. Yeah, which I think is a plus for them. We we kind of touched on that too last week about the the growing scope of the Mandalorian season two and bringing in characters like Ahsoka and and I agree with you, Cara Dune could could very much pull a whole episode together. Grief Cargill and her seem to have a bit of buddy buddy. We see it in the trailer and was spoke of in the EW spread as well, and so they can do so much more with that. And even expanding a bit, like I'd be happy to have like a whole Force episode, like Mando hands off the child, and then we see that build out in a whole episode whether it's with ahsoka or whomever um build out a whole episode in that for your backdoor pilot for ahsoka and maybe the the child goes into the ahsoka story right in maybe her own disney plus show who knows in in live action that's a very tangible way to to pick up that character the child which is you know arguably the most popular at least from a merchandising perspective most popular character in star wars right now yeah and and so we, we see we see this opening up of the scope of the show with, you know, we're bringing the Jedi into it that, you know, that automatically broadens things big time. But also back, I think it was a Vanity Fair spread or maybe it was the initial Entertainment Weekly spread from last year where they talked about promising sort of the origins of the First Order in this show. Mm-hmm, and then in that. episode in season one, we got nothing, zero. And so if if Ilum is that ice planet, it kind of makes sense to sort of we're going to parallel a little bit. So we've got some of the early seeds of the Death Star being built, right? We saw that in sort of Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, into Rogue, into Rogue One and Catalyst, the novel. We might get mm-hmm. that same sort of parallel in Fallen Order into the Mandalorian. We're going to start to see the planet being turned into the de facto First Order stronghold. So oh. that's that is huge opening of the scope of the show. Yeah, that's cool. Big well, time. we got like eight episodes of content we just talked about, and like we haven't touched on even Moff Gideon. Exactly. I think like, we'll have like tons of airtime. Well, that's that's a whole other no, yeah, whole another facet yeah. that is completely absent from the trailer, and I'm cool with that. Is yeah. Moff Gideon that dark saber thing? I almost don't want to know anything about it because it was such a surprise, right? I know we're spoiling the hell out of this, but if you haven't seen Mandalorian season one, guys. Well, <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert! What are you, doing? you call me the spoiler, and here you are spoiling it for me. You've had a year to watch Jeez. it on Disney Plus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but like the whole dark saber angle is another whole, like you could do an episode or two on that, and then how that ties more inherently into maybe a Sabine story or Ahsoka and all. Like, there's so much you can do there, and that also nicely fits into what could be some flashback and some. I don't know if you want to call this expansion of the lore of Mandalorian and this whole Mandalorian versus Jedi war. It's alluded to quite heavily in this, you know, like, do you think, Kyle, do you think we could, this could blow up and we could end up with a film in this, this environment here in the Mandalorian war, Mandalorian Jedi, it's seeded here, but let's wait for a few years and we'll go visit that on the big screen and tie this all together in a, in a very organic way. Like, is, is that something that, you think is or could develop down the road or are we just going to get kind of bits and pieces in the same way we got the mandalorian's origin through some slight flashbacks kind of teased at you know is that something or an avenue they could go with showing the mandalorian war in a very similar fashion that they did with the mando's origins in season one i am 
100% convinced. I'm actually still surprised that we don't have any confirmation on that yet, that there will be a saga of films, whether they do a trilogy or five films, whatever it is, of the Jedi versus Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. I, oh. Everything is there for them to do this. They've been alluding to this this history between the two yeah. cultures going back into the Clone Wars with Jon Favreau, right? He was He was a part of that. And in, into Rebels, they brought that storyline as well with Tar Vizsla and explaining mm-hmm. that backstory of, of the first Mando to become a Jedi and, you know, the, the, the creation of the Darksaber and how, what that means to Mandalorians. It's all right there. And with the popularity of Mandalorians right now, I, I you know, we're expecting at some point a changing of the guard at Lucasfilm at the top levels. You can't convince me that at some point Jon Favreau might be the guy to lead this into the future and might just helm uh, or oversee produce executive produce, whatever you want to call it, a series of films about the Jedi versus Mandalorians set a thousand years in the past. That is right there for them. Everybody would be on board for this. Well, it's taking your two biggest IPs at the moment, like you're saying, and putting them into a massive saga where you could build out so much. Yeah. And it just, it's just, it's exciting to think, and you're right. It's it does I think have a little bit to do with the two creatives behind the Mandalorian, or also the two creatives, or at least Filoni in a big part, that have been really teasing a lot of this, and you're seeing a lot of his fingerprints over the storytelling here and what they're pulling in, some of the seeds that he's laid. You know, maybe not intentionally for the Mandalorian or for this live action thing, but he's definitely picking them up and running with them. And I love to see how they're expanding that. Like, w- would you buy into that, Carlos? A a series or a saga of films that is based on this this ancient war between Mandalorian and Jedi that is just so ever so slightly hinted at in this trailer, but could mean big things for Lucasfilm down the road. Oh man, like unequivocally, yes. So I, I'm guessing that this takes place so far in the back or so far in the past, it wouldn't include any characters that we know, correct? I don't think so. Yeah. You're like talking that, thousands of years, maybe. I'm not exactly sure of the Legends continuity of all the Mandalorian War and all that, but they're talking like generations, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. an ideal way to make the entire thing super fresh because you could deliver like this epic scale war movie that we didn't really get like we kind of got the beginning of the clone wars on the big screen and then we got the very end of the clone wars on the big screen but like to have this um clash between the super cool mandalorians and the jedis that we know and love i think for that next generation of fans that you're trying to figure out who they are and where they're coming from that's ideal um for a guy like me on the periphery of the fandom, like all the things that I've heard speculated about that you could um, do with Star Wars going forward, that's by far the most compelling because it's just like there's a ton there. And I love the fact that the Mandalorians are a society that the Jedi may or may not have been right with interfering with. And I think there's some interesting things that Mm -hmm. you can do in that space um, in the political climates and the things that we're aware of. And, uh, yeah, like I, I don't know, like the the prequel movies. I think there were some interesting ideas that were planted there that never got to see fruition or played out the way that they could have. For me, as just like a general audience member, but I think if you kind of go back to that well with something like this Jedi versus Mandalorian war, 
it's it's something that could yield like maybe the best Star Wars ever, right? Because you've kind of had a few kicks at this thing, and you know what worked and what didn't work. So yeah, like you said, take your two little micro universes and do the very best product you ever could. And you don't need to trip on yourself with the Sith or anything else. Just focus on that and off you go. Yeah, there's a lot of fertile ground that they could they could really use in this Mandalorian Jedi stuff. And, and I'm loving that we're going to get the first taste of it here in the Mandalorian. Now, Kyle, do, do you think with the Jedi being explicitly mentioned here and very heavily alluded to in, in season one, does this open the door for things beyond Ahsoka? Like, is there potential for Luke to make an appearance or be heavily referenced in this? Given we're post-Return of the Jedi, the Return of the Jedi has happened. He is the Jedi. Ahsoka being maybe not... She doesn't call herself or recognize herself as a Jedi at this point, correct? So like, does this open the door for a Luke, Leia, Han type of appearance? You know, maybe not so much Han and Leia, but... You know, with one comes the others. Could could they get there? Uh, I could see. I could see like season finale type thing, or series finale where it's like maybe almost like a little stinger at the end where it's like okay, Mando's gonna or somebody's gonna and you bring Baby Yoda somewhere and you get sort of a silhouette of Luke at his temple on whatever planet he's on. I don't know that they'd go whole hog mm-hmm. and just say here's a DH Mark Hamill. Or Sebastian Stan. Yeah. <laughs> <Winter> <laughs> you know, I don't know that they would do that. That would be one hell of a way to sort of round things out, just to you know put that cherry on top. Um, but I could, I don't know. It really depends, I think, on what they do with Ahsoka. Because you're right, Tim. Like, as of the Clone Wars, we just finished, you know, season seven of Clone Wars. She's sort of not a Jedi. She's outright said not a Jedi. Going to Rebels. That's still before A New Hope. I'm no Jedi. I don't know if she was charting back to making amends and being considering herself a Jedi again on her own terms, or if she's just always going to be her own thing. Mm -hmm. So depending on what they do with that character, if she sort of claims herself as a Jedi again, then the child being with her is kind of a natural endpoint for that. And you don't have to go there with Luke. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about Ahsoka too is, is where you could find maybe that the Mandalorian is more willing to pass it off to her is that, she isn't actually the Jedi enemy that they speak of, right? She's something yeah. else. Yep. She is a force wielder. She is, you know, kind at heart. And she has, you know, that essence to her that, that maybe the Mandalorian as now the father figure to the child would be happy to, to hand him off. Cause that's going to be a big piece of place into it too, is right. Is, you know, that's his mission, but his mission also before was to take the child and deliver it to someone else. And he didn't do that because of some, you know, overarching attachment to the character and doing the right thing. And so it's going to be really interesting to see his character develop in that fatherhood sort of sort of protectionism environment and space that he is now currently in. You know, as like you guys very very so much rightly pointed out, this can't be a weekly keep away, right? We see some of that in the trailer where we go into the the boxing ring and these guys chasing or it looks to be, you know, running after what could be called the MacGuffin for at least the first couple episodes here in The Child. Um, but I think that, you, you, like you said, you have to move away from that. And I, I find Ahsoka is a nice middle ground 
from the Jedi and all that that doesn't that allows him to to pass the child off in a in a real way, and and it allows us to to really like I said before expand on on the child into a, a, an Ahsoka style of of TV series. The big questions though that hang is like, what happened to the child? What happened to Ahsoka? We just went through the whole saga, trilogy or the sequel trilogy here, and yes, of course, there's no mention because none of this stuff was conceived before that, but. It's gonna be interesting to see how they they string the 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 Jedi narrative or the Force wielding narrative in through this thirty year time period because that's something that we haven't explored. And it's very very untouched territory that I'm excited to see them explore in a lot more detail. And Filoni and Favreau doing that, oof, man, that's something else. Ah, so well, you touch on something kind of key there in terms of is Luke a part of this or not? And if if I don't think he is, just to further that point and. If he ends up with Luke, then you kind of you're led to exactly. understand what that what the child's fate is when the, when his little academy burns down. Mm-hmm. So that would be a grim end yes. <laughs> to that shot <laughs> to that character, which I don't think they're going to do. So I think it, the character ends up with Ahsoka, who maybe becomes later her mission to get the child home. Maybe she knows. Maybe that you know what is Ahsoka doing all this time? Right? Mm-hmm. She's she's traveling the galaxy and deepening her knowledge in the Force. Maybe she knows where where the baby Yodas are from, and oh. maybe she's she's the one to eventually get him there. I imagine but it's yeah, kind of like this the weird symbiote planet, but it's just all baby Yodas. <laughs> oh God! Oh man! It's just so much of them. <laughs> By the way, we, we we have to mention that we we just saw a trailer with two loined cloth Gamorrean guards fighting yes, each other. Of course, yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> and that's come the on. touches that I was talking about that they've put into this that. In, in some other ways, like even in Rogue One, right, there's some things that were very on the nose. But two Gamora guards in there duking it out with their axes? Bring it on. Like, I love it. Beautiful. <laughs> Cut me off a slab of that pulled pork. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so Green good. eggs and ham. <laughs> and so the other cool illusions that they put out there, not even illusions, this is a straight fact, is the X-Wings. Like, oh, we, man. We, we saw them in season one. And they're coming back, locking and in, in, you know, as well position, man. Here we go. And it's it's great to see them back. And it's going to be cool to see them interacting with the New Republic as well. Yeah, I, I can't figure out friend or foe in mm-hmm. that shot. You see, they're kind of like pulled up alongside of him. Are they sort of like pull over type of thing? And he says, nah, go to hell. I'm not pulling over. And then, all right, attack position. And then the chase is on. So I want, I, I don't know. Or are they sort of in attack mode together? They, like that sh- that sequence there is is uh, real tantalizing to me. Yeah, it could be quite deceiving, but it's it's nice to see those X wings, eh, Carlos? Oh, totally. I, I just love that he's so far on the periphery of everything that we know. Yeah. And so, and I hope that they keep him there for the entire journey that he goes on. So I'm kind of with Kyle with like, yeah, if we see some Skywalker Easter egg in the season finale or a series finale for the show that's cool but i don't see seasons and episodes of stuff that we know like i love that this is firmly in those corners and on those planets and having interactions with people and places that we've never experienced in this universe so yeah that uh that was cool but you need those familiar things to say oh how does he factor into mm-hmm. the new republic yeah yeah and, and the where, familiarity where that that's so much star wars right and done in the right way it can make you feel like you're in the right spot but telling these new stories from these different perspectives is fantastic and guys like 
we there was nothing about a potential fet and tomorrow morrison which could be rex like there's so much more to this and even this trailer just it, it, it kind of it blew our minds because it added another layer to all this with the mandalorian wars and what's coming down the road and it's so exciting to see guys i cannot wait to october 30th the the hype levels on 12 it's <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do the same thing you're doing carlos is that and i said it before i convinced my wife to watch the mandalorian she didn't watch it first run with me so it's gonna be a great way to get back into the series and like like you were saying earlier on kyle it's really great when you can get your wife to buy into the show because it makes the time watching it easier. And if they fall off, then you're kind of sneaking it in here and there with what <laughs> I think you're doing with Watchmen right now. And and so making it more of an event viewing is, is with the spouse especially is super important to me. Um, oh, yeah. Because I, I want it to be an experience, right? And I want I don't want to be like watching it on my lunchtime because like I can't scoot in with the kids. And you know what I mean? Like it's got to be about that sit and consume as opposed to just get it through and bang it off. And that's why I like the, the week by week episodic type thing. So I'm not trying to like gobble this all up in a weekend. Yeah, I'm lucky. We're a four for four household here. All both kids, the wife, myself, we all love the Mandalorian. And- nice. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. All right, boys. Well, that wraps it up for this evening. Very, very exciting stuff on the horizon here for Nerd. Not only the Mandalorian, but the MCU stuff, guys. And we, we got to pick up some stuff next week that I did glaze over a little bit because I knew we were going to run a little bit long with these two things. But Wonder Woman 84, Fandom Part 2, we are going to get to it. Because, guys, this weekend, very special weekend, it's September 19th. It's the Batman Day. It is the goddamn Bat Day. And Damn right. We got something special for you guys. We <laughs> usually take this episode and do a little bit of a celebration of Batman. We have for the last couple of years, and you can find those in the archives. But what we did this year, we recorded a special bonus episode over the weekend with our friend over at Straight Out of Gotham, Pete. And we're talking retro Batman toys and those links to our childhood. We had an absolute blast talking with Pete here about the toys and kind of celebrating batman for the bat day so guys this saturday 19th you're gonna see a bonus episode drop into the feed celebrating bat day carlos man back me up here what a time we had with pete eh? that was (laughs) phenomenal like it was just basking in the glory of all those old bat toys and if you have any affinity for that period of time between like the 86 87 superpowers line and batman and robin if any of those toys during that period of time stoked your boat, you will thoroughly enjoy that episode because it's basically nice. the three of us gushing about mm-hmm. how much we love those things and how much of an indelible market left on us. So, yeah, it was it was an honor to record with the Batman on film crew or a member of its alumni. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it's the beginning of great things. So I strongly encourage anybody to tune in and if you like it we can do it some more yeah definitely so that's saturday guys it will be in the feed alongside of this episode for sure and give big shout out to pete and the the, the boys over at straight Out of gotham too. make sure to go give them a follow and a listen so with all that guys we gotta give kyle a big thanks here for joining us in the nerd room kyle man why don't you tell everyone where they can find all the work all the brilliant work you and the crew are doing over at tumbling saber yeah man thanks man 
I always love being here in the nerd room. This is a great place to be. Sitting in Troy's chair. This is a very <laughs> big chair to sit in. I feel like I'm floating here in this chair. It's not the pregnancy wow. tra- chair either. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find me on Twitter, uh, on on, uh, on Facebook. we got a closed Facebook group, uh, Tumbling Saber. Just look it up. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, where I don't post too much. But also, I've finished my migration over to Podbean. So if you're listening to the Nerd Room on Podbean, as you should be, uh, just uh, look look us up there too, and you'll find us just another place to connect. And yeah, that's that that'll do it, man. Just check us out there, and happy to connect with any, any of you guys and talking nerd, talking Star Wars, all this great stuff that we love so much. Yeah, and make sure, guys, Kyle and the, the crew are telling us they've got just an absolutely fantastic Patreon, and I'm a part of it. I'm a powerful friend, and the content is fast and furious. You like deep dive stuff. He's got you covered. You like a little bit on more on the adult side. He's got you covered. And you like the middle of the road news and that man, he's there with the weekly episode. So it's, it's just unbelievable. It's a couple bucks a month. It is, it is more than worth it. Kyle is doing you a favor really for those couple of bucks, man. It's, it's like chump change, man. I I could find that anywhere. And the amount of content and great content that I'm getting out of it, you know, it keeps me busy for days. So Patreon, tumbling saber, go get hooked up. I'd become a powerful friend. Thank you, man. Checks in the mail. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. And you know where to find us. Nerdroom.net. Handles at the end of the episode for Twitter. What else? Instagram at the NerdRM as well. Troy's been continuing to throw up some banger, banger images over there. And I think that really wraps it up for us this week. I'm sure I've just missed something because I usually say different words. But, guys, it's been an absolute riot here in the nerd room and we got more content coming next week more things to celebrate as always as we like to do here in the nerd room stars marvel dc and of course a little bit beyond we like to toss that in there now because we're consuming all sorts of stuff whether it's turtles transformers whatever bring it on we love it here guys so make sure to check out this saturday also just another reminder for that episode that's going to drop into the feed celebrating batman day and give give carlos here a big shout out on batman day he is the goddamn batman and it really is his day it is his day not this comic book <laughs> character it's his day so anyway <laughs> thanks buddy with all give me the warm fuzzies <laughs> with all that being said for the nerd room i'm tim i'm batman and he's sunday <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, we've got our man from Tumbling Saber. It's Kyle. And guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for being here. And with with that, be kind to one another. Stay safe. And thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Take your first steps into a larger world and head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Talk Star Wars, Sandcrawler Podcast, Rogue Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, and the Skyhoppers Podcast. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter. 